Welcome to Out of the Question, a podcast that looks behind some common questions and uncovers the question behind the question while providing real solutions for biblical world and life view. Your host is Andrea Schwartz, a teacher and mentor and founder of the Chalcedon Teacher Training Institute. Welcome again to this episode of the Out of the Question podcast. I'm posing the question today, can one person make a difference when it comes to a big issue? And the big issue that I'm going to focus on today is abortion. Well, my guest is the founder and director of Choice for Two. Her name is Laura Clausen, and her organization is Christian anti-abortion, and although based in Canada, has a worldwide outreach. Now, I first encountered Laura, not knowing she was Laura, when these series of videos kept popping up on my Facebook feed with a woman with pink hair, sometimes with fairy wings, and using an approach that I've always admired, if you can pull it off correctly, using irony and sarcasm at times to make a point. So, Laura, I don't know what the name is of your pink-haired alter ego, but I'm going to welcome you today, and thanks for joining me. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I don't, uh, she doesn't really have a name. We just call her pink-haired girl. Pink-haired girl. So, for those who may not be familiar with the pink-haired girl, I'm pretty sure once you're done listening to this podcast, you'll look it up. (laughs) Tell me, how did Pink Hair Girl come to be? Uh, Well, so we were trying to make a viral video um, when a couple of years ago, that was our goal. We were um, uh, looking at what it would take to make a viral video. uh, And we went with the satire approach because... um, I just personally like satire. That's the kind of thing that I would watch and share online. So we made the first video um, called Body Inside My Body, I think. Uh, And we didn't have the pink wig at that point. And that video did very well. Um, But we were looking at it and just thinking, how could we make the next one better? And so we thought of uh, making it a little more aesthetically pleasing. That's why we chose the hot pink wig. And uh, we, we did the magical birth canal and then that one went viral and then it's kind of become a character and we've just stuck with it for the rest. Okay. So when you say we, who yeah. is we? <laughs> um, well, yeah. So I have a team of people on choice for two. Um, probably there's about 10 people total involved in all. They're all volunteers. So um, back when we started filming those, the we would have been myself and two other people. Okay. So let's talk about the name of your organization. When I first looked at it, I went choice 42, huh? But -hmm. then I realized it was choice for two, meaning not just the woman, but the woman and the baby inside of her. So tell me a little bit about not only the idea to have a viral video, but you obviously had a pro-life anti-abortion orientation. When did that start and what prompted this change in direction or venturing into this new area? Okay. So yeah, choice for two. Uh, We chose the name because it is ambiguous and 
as you'll, you're probably seeing in the US as well, we have uh, a lot of censorship here in Canada um, online. So we wanted a name that would kind of fly under the radar. Um, so that's why we have the choice and it is choice for two. So though it is a woman's choice, she is choosing for herself and she's also choosing whether or not her baby even gets to live. So that's what the name is about. Um, and as for why, um, why I started it is I saw an opportunity um, to do something like this online, to really use social media and to reach women who are considering abortion, to reach them online. Uh, and so that's where Choice for Two came out of myself. I've always been very, um, I don't know, interested in the issue ever since I was a little child and I saw a graphic um, abortion victim picture that stuck with me. And it's always been something that I have kind of, it's kind of just been nagging at me my whole life. And I always just wanted to do something. And so then that's why I did choice for two. Okay. I'm just going to make a side point here. You just related something that's very similar to Lila Rose's experience who started live action. And I happen to have known Lila as a little girl and it confirms for me how important it is to not hide the reality of what goes on in our society from children. A lot of people think, I don't want to burden my child with the concept of abortion. It's too hard. But I know in terms of my own son, very early on, he became active with me as I would do various things. And to this day, it becomes a cause very close to his heart and he puts his money where his mouth is. So I think that uh, you're a good example of someone who had a conviction. And then as you matured, you figured out ways to reach people who potentially were not being reached. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, for sure. Because I feel like when I, when I saw it, um, I don't want to say like that it scarred me. Like I wasn't, um, I wasn't yeah, damaged as a child from seeing it. Um, but it definitely stuck with me. And I'm not sure that I would like sit kids down and show them this stuff, but, um, if there are activists out there doing work and, you know, their, their target audience with the graphic images is not usually children. Um, and which I, I think is fine, but if your kid does see it, <laughs> I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. Right. And I'm not saying that you burden children with the ugly. Right. What you can do is communicate to them that all people are made in God's image. All human life has value. And then acquaint them with the fact that there's some people who not only disagree, but they disagree in a very violent way. Yeah. Okay. So had you had any background in acting or video production before you became the pink girl? <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm an opera singer. That was my professional job. So, and, you know, I've done a lot of different acting gigs um, in my life. So the acting thing, yes, the video side of it, no, but um, I, I just kind of knew how I wanted it to be. And so I just edited it in that way. And, and I'm, I'm getting some editing skills. I feel like, <laughs> right. Is your family supportive of this activity of yours or did some people in your family caution you? I'm not sure you want to go down this route. Yeah, for sure. For sure. They did caution me. Um, 
certain people did. I think generally my family's very supportive. Um, they're not as into this issue as I am. And a lot of my family is not even online. So a lot of them don't really know what's going on with choice for two. <laughs> so, and I, you know, I think that's okay. Like, you know, my mom, she doesn't need to be seeing all this craziness online, but she is very supportive of me. Do you have a family of your own? I keep my personal life very private because I've had so many threats. I see. Um, yeah. So I just don't talk about anything to do with that. I see. Well, that's smart. I've got to say that when I first saw the first couple of ones, and then I started looking for the rest of them, what really struck me is how you took what people consider, well, this is what everybody thinks, and you started to show how nonsensical it was. So the one with the birth canal, for example, talk about that one. Sure. The magical birth canal. Yeah. So that's the idea that you don't become a human until you've passed through the birth canal, which is actually like legally, that's what it means in Canada to be a human is that you fully exited the womb. So uh, yeah, I just want to show how silly that is um, by having, you know, putting a visual to it. And we had the big sparkly birth canal and then we had the baby and, you know, we put the baby here in front of the birth canal, you know, not a human being, but if she comes through the other side, now she's a human being. And you went back and forth, human being, not a human right. being, human being. Yes. <laughs> you also did one that uh, sort of uh, undercut the argument that a woman who has been raped should not deliver a baby. Um, talk about that one. So we didn't do a full video on that, but I think you're, you're talking about the better off dead video. Yes. Uh, okay. Yeah. So that was, yeah, that was one of the arguments, you know, this is why people, one of the main reasons why people will say that we need abortion, because what if a woman gets raped when, you know, in reality, the number of abortions happening for that reason is so tiny. Um, but our, our whole, uh, yeah. So that one was like, they're suggesting that a child is better off being murdered before they're born than to be born and live knowing that they were conceived through a rape. So yeah, we just, we just, we, we believe that life begins at conception at fertilization. And so you're human. None of these circumstances matter. It's not okay to kill you because you might be poor. It's not okay to kill you because of how you were conceived. So that was that whole video. Right. But the very end of that one was particularly interesting because you'll show pictures of babies in the womb and you said, oh, that one was conceived in rape. No, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm mistaken. No, that one. My right. gosh, you can't tell them apart, yeah. which I thought was a great play on words. You know, you can't tell certain ethnic groups apart if you're not yeah. part of it. But I like the way, even for someone like myself who doesn't have any question on this issue, it sort of gave me talking points, which I think your pink girl um, helps people have it because it's so bizarre. At first, it reminded me of like Geico commercials where they would do just really strange things to get your attention that in a lot of ways, that's what you were doing. Yeah, that's what we we're trying to do. We we're, get try we're trying to get people to watch them and share them around and start these conversations. There was another one you did with um, a young woman who has Down syndrome. And instead of having her in a pink wig, you had her in a blue wig. Talk about that. 
Yes. Blue haired girl. Uh, yeah. So that's the idea, you know, so many babies are being aborted, uh, because the doctor thinks that the child has Down syndrome. A lot of the time the doctor is wrong. So that's one thing, but also since when is it okay to kill people who have disabilities? Like we would not be doing that. We wouldn't even be discussing it with, you know, people who are born. So why is it okay to kill them before they're born? Uh, so yeah, so we had, um, the girl there wearing her blue hair, which was to represent um, that she has Down syndrome. And then I was there with the pink hair, kind of taking charge of the conversation and telling her what I think is best for her, which is that she should be born. <laughs> right. And she gives you looks like, what are you talking about? And things like that. Right. So you talked about keeping your life private because of a lot of opposition other than the standard, you don't have a right to your opinion. What kind of opposition? What what was being said to you? Oh, I've had, you know, I've had people say really awful things. And it's surprising because they'll comment with it publicly. Like recently, someone said that I should be doused in ba- uh, gasoline and lit on fire. Hmm. Um, I've had, you know, some, some gross um, sexual threats that, that kind of thing. And a lot of, a lot of threats with like me ending up dead. (laughs) So it's, it's wild to me that I would never say that to someone who I disagreed with. And it's just shocking to me that so many people who are um, pro-abort, well, it's not shocking because they're pro-abortion, they're pro-baby killing. So it doesn't, I guess it shouldn't surprise me that they're, they're fine with saying these terrible things to me. Well, I think probably one of the things, aside from the big thing that, you know, the scripture says, all that hate God love death. So anytime anybody infringes on the right for someone else to kill someone else, if they so desire. But I think your pink haired girl oftentimes speaks the words that come out of those who are in favor of abortion. And it probably strikes a nerve because you're not doing the standard this is my position, and this is why your position is wrong. Pink-haired girl actually espouses the position of the pro-abortion movement. Yeah, exactly. And all like all the videos we've made are based on um, things that people have said to me, arguments that they've said to me. So I just I'm showing them what they're actually saying. So it's not like I'm coming up with all these arguments. This is actually what people think. <laughs> exactly, and I think. That's where satire, uh, being ironic in what you're saying, actually convinces people who maybe have not heard another position. So you're clearly not necessarily talking to people who who are diehards on this, that this is their position. You're coming into the life of people who maybe have not thought about it in the ways you'd like them to think about it. That's right. Yeah, we have... um you know, we have a bunch of different video series and they all have the different target audience. So exactly what you just said, that the pink haired videos are made for the people who are on the fence or people who just never thought about it really. And then you have a series of videos telling women that, yeah, okay, this is not where you wanted to be, but you're strong enough to choose life for your baby, which will ultimately be choosing life for yourself. That's right. Yeah. The choose life series. Yeah. And those are true stories where, um, just women that I've connected with over the years, you know, they, 
they approached me and said they'd like to share their story. And so exactly, that's what we did. One of the things that I like about your orientation, and I've, I've gone through your videos and also your website, is that unequivocally, you're saying abortion is murder. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean that you hate all people who have had abortions or supported abortions, but I think it's very important not to um, try to soft pedal the idea and just make every woman who's had an abortion a victim. Yeah, they could have been a victim of circumstances, but by laying it out, you're not trying to say it's okay if you do. Right. You're saying it's okay if you did. I want to talk to you about it and there's healing and, and all that sort of stuff. But I like the fact that you take that stance from the beginning. Yeah, we just want to be really clear on that. And um, that is a change for us. We in the past weren't as clear on that, which led to... Um, I'm pretty sure some, some babies um, being murdered because uh, we weren't as straightforward as we could have been. So, and I don't hate anyone like, right. Like regardless of, of what they've done, it's not, I, I don't have hate toward anyone. Um, and yet, yeah, the whole victim thing um, is interesting because I feel like that's pushed a lot within the pro-life movement. Um, where they're kind of saying the baby's the victim, but the, the mom is the victim too. And I understand that abortion is terrible for women. I've, I've walked with women, you know, who are post-abortive and it's, it's so, oh, it's so awful. Um, but, you know, the person who dies, the person who has their arms and legs ripped off or their skull crushed or their body stabbed with poison. Like that's the victim of an abortion. And that woman might be pressured and times might be really hard, but I, I truly think the baby is the victim of abortion. And so, and so we need to be clear with that. And I mean, not every, okay. There are situations where you'll have like a sex trafficked victim who is literally tied down to a bed and an abortion is performed on her. Yeah, that's that's a victim. And I and there are women like that women have have been through that. So to equate that with a woman who's, you know, stressed about rent or pressure from a boyfriend, it's it's not the same to me. Right. Or what was happening in China or maybe still happens in China, where there was a one child policy that women were forcibly put in a position where they had no choice because they were held down. So yes, yeah. it's important to recognize the circumstances, but I'm glad to see that you just premise this whole argument with the baby dies. Every abortion has a dead baby as a result. Right. So again, I'll go to the scriptures that will tell us in the Old Testament, do not despise the day of small things or small beginnings. So when you took on this project, clearly um, you didn't have a big funding mechanism behind you, and you were kind of stepping out there in faith. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I didn't have anything. I didn't know how to start. I didn't know how to start a nonprofit organization. I didn't know how to run social media. I had no training in anything. And I just thought that this is what I was supposed to do. And I felt uh, like I don't remember feeling worried. I really felt confident that this is what I was supposed to do and that therefore God would make it happen. Um, 
And so it is, it is very interesting to look back and it's encouraging to see what has happened because it shouldn't have. Like we had, I had nothing going for me. I had no support. I had no money and it's just, it's taken off and that's all glory to God. So how long have you actually been doing it? Cause that will lead into my next question. Uh, so we launched uh, just six years ago. Okay. So recently I've discovered that um, your reach is going to expand as people who are well-known in Christian film production, et cetera, have now teamed up with you. Speak about that venture, please. Oh, sure. Yes. Um, so we're doing a new series, a new animated series, and it's called Exposed. And it's going to be six animated shorts. And they're going to be uh, on the, the new platform called Lore, L-O-O-R, uh, lore.tv. Um, so that's going to be coming out in the, in the new year. And we did a press release just to let people know about it. And then Kevin Sorbo responded to it. And then we had a phone call and he wanted to be involved with it. So he is doing some of the voice acting work. And for those who don't know Kevin Sorbo, he's been involved in a lot of productions that have distinctively Christian themes and not afraid to mention uh, the Bible, Jesus Christ, etc. So does any of this scare you, Laura, as it gets big? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Not really. Like, I, I guess I just expected it to to work. And now that it is working, just kind of going with the flow it's really amazing to see um, what's happening and uh, just to see our reach expanding and to have these new projects, new opportunities to reach people is very cool. And I know a lot of people get disheartened because like I live in California and the governor comes out with, you know, schools can take girls to have abortions without having parental. Okay. And it's now codified. And I think a lot of the reactions we're seeing has to do with the success of ventures like yours and others that are really undercutting the narrative and helping people. Yeah, that's like, that's exactly what we're trying to do. And yet we, we help women in, in so many ways. And we give uh, our followers the opportunity to help women. So, you know, if a woman has a need then we'll fundraise specifically for her and people can then, you know, donate to her. So it's, it's very cool to kind of mobilize this whole movement. So you mean as somebody shares their story, it's sort of, you know, like we know these medical sharing organizations that people can directly help individual women. That's right. Um, So, yeah. And we're very careful about that because anytime we'll set up a fundraiser for anyone or a baby registry or anything, we've had an in-person meeting to have her verified that she is who she says she is, that she's in the situation that she says she is because there's so many scammers these days, sadly. So, um, yeah, so we take that very seriously. So any, any fundraiser that we post that, that, that woman is who she says she is. And then, yeah, people can directly help her. Which is a very biblical way to orient people to charity, that it doesn't have to be funneled through an organization or especially the state. Yes. 
Exactly. Now, one of the things that happens in a variety of areas, whether it's medical research or some sort of innovation, oftentimes the enemies of that kind of thinking or philosophy try to come alongside and say they're going to help various organizations or various innovations with the express intent of stopping them to make sure that their message doesn't get out. Have you experienced any of that that you're aware of? Yeah, possibly. Um, I, (laughs) the thing, the thing about us is we don't like, we don't have really any costs. So we don't have a building. We don't have any paid staff. So there is no reason for us to ever get into a partnership where we have to cater to people or an organization, you know, in that way where they would have some pull. We are just doing what we think we're supposed to be doing, um, answering to God only. So that kind of protects us from all those kinds of situations. Mm -hmm. Do you find that prayer and studying of the scripture is something that's vital for you as you proceed along this road? Yeah, of course, because um, it's a spiritual battle. And as I've said, um, I've really believe that abortion is modern child sacrifice, which has a lot to do um, with the spiritual world. So yep, prayer and reading the Bible are essential. So other than hitting the share button or promoting the things you do, are there ways that people who listen to this and say, wow, I'd love to support this. Is there ways in which they can support your work? Yes. Um, so we, you know, we accept donations, which go toward, like, like I said, we have no fixed cost. So everything goes directly to either helping women or it goes toward our media creation. Um, so they could do that through our website, which is choicefor2.com. Um, but the main way that people can help, I think, is by speaking out themselves. We've, we've created you know, we're trying to create more and more content that people can share to start these conversations within their own circles. And I really think that the anti-abortion side needs to step up and stop being afraid to be anti-abortion, which is kind of what the media, the media has made us the bad guys. So I think that we need to be not ashamed to be anti-abortion and to act accordingly and to speak up for all these children that are being slaughtered daily. That's that's the main thing people need to do. Right. And that ties back in with let's calling it what it is, what it is. Abortion is murder. So I can be anti-death. I can be anti-poison. I can be anti-cruelty and not have to apologize for my anti-perspective. But I do think early on, people started to say, we're not anti-abortion. We're pro-life. Well, you kind of have to be anti-abortion to fight this fight because otherwise what are you fighting? Yeah. It's, it's a funny thing too. I, I uh, recently did a conference here in Canada and I did a question and answer at the end. And the first person up said, you need to use the term pro-life. You shouldn't use anti-abortion. And they were saying we've used pro-life for the last, I forget how many years, this is the way it is. And you know, like pro-lifers even take offense to saying they're anti-abortion when there's nothing to be ashamed of. 
we're against abortion. We're anti-abortion, right? Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, so I've just embraced it. Um, I actually had a a vice, we, we were on a vice episode. So Vice TV came and filmed us for an episode. And the interviewer kept using the word anti-abortion to me in the interview. And you know, I was just answering the questions. And then she stopped and she was like, I'm using the word anti-abortion and that doesn't seem to be bothering you. <laughs> right. Like, and I was like, why, why would it bother me? Like I am anti-abortion. And she was kind of surprised by that. And just, you know, that's interesting. She's trying to get to me during an interview, but yes. yeah. Mm -hmm. One of the things I love about your pink girl videos is you're just saying, just saying. And I have noticed that the more I watch your stuff and I say things to people that are true, they might not like it. I'll look at them and say, just saying. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> All righty. So um, what would your encouragement be to not only the average person, but parents in terms of encouraging their children, be they boys or girls, to be inspired by what drives them, what they're passionate about, and how it can turn into something much more than anyone else could have imagined. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I think um, I think just encourage them to pray to God to ask Him to use them. I think is what it really comes down to um, because God can use anything, right? And God can use anyone, and God could use any passion if He wants to. So that's that's kind of what happened with me. As an example, you said you were an opera singer, and I wonder if there's any way for me to hear you because this sounds like so different from what a opera singer would do, but also that you were not afraid to get in front of people. But that's not the same as, for example, writing a script. So someone who could never fathom getting up in front of a group of people and doing what you do as Pink Girl could potentially write the script or could potentially run the camera or could potentially do what it takes to get it onto social media. So all the talents people have can be used and, and working with others to get the mission accomplished. Yeah, for sure. Like if God wants it done, he'll help you to do it. Like I didn't have a lot of skills <laughs> that I'm, that I'm using now. I didn't, wasn't trained in these things and you know, now, now I can do them. So I think God just helps you. And if you have a reason to learn to me, I, I didn't know much about editing audio before I started doing podcasts and you know what? I'm pretty good at it now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Not so good at editing video, which is probably why my podcasts are not video and they're audio. But uh, <laughs> I suppose over time, if that seemed to be the area to go, I'd learn how to do that as well. Yeah, you would. Right. Where there's a will, there's a way and necessity is the mother of invention. So that's very good. Well, Laura, I thank you for taking the time. I know we've been working at to try to do this now for well over a month and oh. I appreciate that you were willing to accommodate time zones and your schedule. And um, I encourage my listeners to not only go to choicefor2.com, but you have a presence on Facebook. Any other platforms? Yeah, uh, Instagram, Twitter. You know, we try to be on all of them. 
All right. So you'll, <laughs> you'll find pink girl one way or the other. <laughs> yes. YouTube. You'll find her on YouTube for sure. Very good. All right. Well, listeners, once again, thank you for joining me today. If you have any comments on this or any of our previous podcasts, feel free to reach me at out of the question podcast at gmail.com. And we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to Out of the Question. For more information on this and other topics, please visit calcedon.edu.